you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact and I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. Sin City, Simon Street, and Matt Michaels is great to see you all, and welcome to Three Count. This is where we go ahead and pull some of the uh, dirt sheets online and discuss them and see what we agree and what we disagree, and we got three good stories for you today. <laughs> couldn't think of my last word. I couldn't think of today or tonight, but... It's whenever you listen to it, right? All right, let's get right into it. This is our first topic coming from SEScoops.com. It is titled, MLW Sues WWE. MLW CEO says anti-competitive behavior has to stop. All right, this is how it reads. Major League Wrestling has filed a lawsuit against WWE. MLW claims that the WWE is continually interfering with their business prospects and contracts. Courthouse News was able to obtain the full lawsuit statement. The lawsuit alleges that the WWE attempted to prevent Vice TV from working with MLW in early 2021. It also claims that a former WWE executive called Vice TV to tell them that WWE chairman Vince McMahon was, quote, pissed, end quote, that Vice TV started airing MLW programs and wanted them to stop working with MLW. The Raps Tim Basinger and Tony Maglio report that their former WWE executive is Susan Levingson. The report also says that MLW claims that WWE prevented MLW from getting a deal with streaming service Tubi. According to MLW, the failure to secure a deal with Tubi resulted in, quote, substantial losses, end quote, like not reaching a broader fan base and event cancellations. It also states that the failed deal caused an MLW 40% drop in ticket sales. MLW CEO Court Bear spoke against this WWE in a press release. Basinger and Maglio transcribed Bear's uh, statement, quote, WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been more unconscionable, end quote, said MLW CEO Court Bear. I think we speak for the rest of the professional wrestling world when we say that this anti-competitive behavior has to stop. All right, gentlemen, we got five minutes to discuss this and Simon Street, this was your particular article, so I'm going to let you start off. And, gentlemen, as you see fit, jump in. Let us know how you feel. Let's go. Well, pretty much it's pretty interesting. The reason why I had this is because, you know, it's it's quite bold 
to go ahead and try and put this in in to court. It is pretty serious accusations that they're giving, but these are still accusations. One big thing is when I was researching this past the article, I did look at the actual uh, file complaint court papers. One particular that I did want to look at is page four of the complaint, actually page five of the complaint, where it talked about professional wrestling industry uh, when it comes to their, um, I'm sorry, page six, when they talk about the WWE's marketing power. Uh, they talked that basically North America's or WWE's North 2020 was 764 million. That's how much money they raked in uh, with their market power versus AEW's estimated revenue, which was 64 million, less than 10% of WWE's, right? The reason why I brought that up is because you got to ask yourself, I have to ask myself the question, what is constitutes having a, a monopoly. A monopoly basically is what I looked up as a monopoly is when one company and its products dominate the entire industry, whereas there is little to no competition and consumers much purchase specific goods uh, or services from that one company. There are some things that they can lean on with this a little bit. Are they going to win in the end? I don't know. At the end of the day, when I see these type of accusations, I think big bank take little bank. Who has the most money to have the biggest lawyers at their defense? And let's be honest, WWE got a lot of money in a blank check that they're going to spend on these lawyers. MLW, good luck, bro. You better do a GoFundMe to get you a real lawyer for this one. It's ridiculous. It's a stupid fucking lawsuit. It's frivolous. Period. I mean, this is, uh, this is actually more so a media attempt you know to get exposure to try to badmouth wwe but it's fucking stupid um the the truth of the matter is is that uh a network can always pull the deal period at any time they could cancel your ass they could have easily just uh started to air stuff that the new content and then canceled it two weeks later and they could have absolutely avoided any kind of lawsuit so I think that, you know, I think Court Bauer is uh, kind of grasping at straws here. And I think the biggest fact is that the claim that it costs them live event money. That's bullshit. We're in, we're in a COVID lockdown for the last two years. They weren't running live events. So how did it cost them? That's so true. And one thing, one thing to keep in mind, uh, Jerry McDevitt, who is a WWE uh, retained attorney, um, actually reached out to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer and said, if Tubi breached, then sue Tubi. As to Vice, WWE has no commercial relationship with them or, that matter, any of the other dozens of content distribution entities with whom MLW could do a deal if they had a commercially viable product. They put a show on Vice, if my memory serves me correctly, after one of the Dark Side shows and lost most of the audience. I think I read they got 40,000 viewers. No wonder Vice didn't do the deal. Wow. Yeah. And and listen, they've run, uh, they were running um, the episodes that were older episodes. So... They were running uh, content from uh, 2003 or like early content that had guys like uh, CM Punk on the show, right? Samoa Joe. And so basically what they were trying to do is use their catalog with known commodities that were made famous by the WWE 
to generate revenue on Vice TV. So, you know, what you're talking about here is they wanted to run new episodes. Um, would people have tuned in when, like it's like McDivitt said, if you lost an audience, it's because they don't, again, they don't know who these guys are. And you can't just all of a sudden pop up a wrestling product and expect people just to watch because, you know, it makes more sense to run stuff that have established names in, you know, your back catalog. Um, and that's why Vince was smart in gobbling up everyone's back catalogs. Well, it's, it's suffice to say, though, the, the one thing that I found interesting about this whole article in general is that it was MLW that actually filed a lawsuit. I, I would have never have guessed that they would have had the cojones to do something like that. But I wonder, will this be the only people that's willing to do this or will there be more down the road? Well, who the fuck sues them? Well, there's no, no one's going to be successful, but they're going to try. Yeah, but who? That's the I, question I'm asking it, you. Who? It, it would probably be, I, I, I would be honest with you, if it had to be anybody that could afford to do it, it'd be AEW at this point. But they're not even looking at that direction. I didn't say they were. But I'm saying that bank-wise, when you think of court case, you think of money. Yeah, but you're, but, but you're talking about a TV deal. There's no other companies out there to have TV deals that would you know, uh, necessitate a lawsuit. And the reason that they even came close to thinking about doing this is because of the fact that the, the agreement was in place with Tubi and Tubi had the associations with who, uh, you know, who, Fox, who WWE has their contract with. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, AEW doesn't have any fucking reason to. And Impact sure doesn't. They have, you know, access TV. If anything, they should sue themselves for not having enough cable fucking Excuse freedom. me. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. One. They're, they're doing, <laughs> they're they're doing not the wrong. best they can do, okay? <laughs> All right, man. All right, good stuff. We'll jump right over into our second count. And this one's from sportskeeda.com. It's titled Diamond Dallas Page. Says three-time AEW champion would be, quote, monster money, end quote, in WWE. This is how it reads. Diamond Dallas Page is quite a few names in AEW that he knows personally. This doesn't just include the veterans and big names, but also some of the rising stars in the company. When asked to pick three AEW stars that he would sign, if he was a talent scout for WWE, Diamond Dallas Page chose MJF, Cody Rhodes, and Britt Baker. At some point in the future, there could be, quote, bidding, and quote, wars for certain AEW superstars. Warlow is one such example as recent reports indicate that WWE sees big potential in the 33-year-old. However, Warlow wasn't one of Diamond Dallas Page picks. On the latest episodes of The Bro Show, the Hall of Famer selected MJF as his first pick and explained why. Quote, my top pick no matter what is MJF because he's been my boy all the way through. I just watched that promo again with him and CM Punk, the 19-minute promo on both sides. Punk and him, it was money. MJF is one of the only true heels in the business, end quote. Then Paige went on, to take AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker and former WWE star Cody Rhodes, who he believes would now be, quote, monster money, end quote, with the professional wrestling juggernaut. 
He's quoted saying, my number two pick will be Britt Baker because that girl is over and she works her ass off. And when did the whole bloodbath deal, she took it to a different level. The third guy I bring in is Cody Rhodes, who I talk as good or better than anybody else in the business, and I think he would be monster money there now. He proved that he had to prove. He did it in a big way, and it would be brilliant of them to sign MJF, Britt Baker, and him. And then it is finally the reports in saying MJF was the pick Vince Russo and Diamond Dallas Page had in common with Russo choosing MJF, Warlow, and Darby Allen as potential big stars in WWE. All right. All right, fellas, we're about to discuss this in our five minute, but this was your story, Matt Michaels. So we're going to let you kick it off. What's your take? All right. So what I asked is uh, three people that were not those three for everyone to come up with who they thought would uh, fit into the WWE. Um, and uh, first off, tag teams count as one. So I say LAX. It's time that those two got a chance to go to a real wrestling company and prove that they could be big stars. Um, you know, they were in Impact, you know, got a little bit of exposure, enough to get signed in AEW. AEW basically been dicking them around. So get out of there. Go to WWE and make some money, boys, and go and fight the Usos. I think that would be a spectacular, you know, feud for them and uh, give them a little, a little bit of taste of the uh, good life in a real wrestling company. Ethan Page would be the next one. Guy's a fucking good guy on the mic, and he's been given a mouthpiece, which is half-ass backwards reasoning on why this guy should have a mouthpiece no reason at all he's getting no opportunities legitimately in the company get him out of there go to the wwe ethan pays and the miz there you go that's money right there and the guy that i think is a just an outsider who AEW doesn't use uh word shit is uh nick camarado guy's got the fucking look he's a beast he would fucking print money over there the kind of guy that Vince loves. So I think those three would be uh, guys who really could uh, make something and have never had the opportunity in the WWE either. Okay. Fellas. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I really like that Camarado pick. I didn't see that coming from a mile away. So good call on that. Michaels. Um, one, one that stands out to me immediately is Brian cage. Um, I, th I think that if, you know, we all know how much of a, a, a body guy Vince is who better than cage literally. Um, I mean, he, he still has, you know, he still has miles left in the tank. Um, and I really think that he could step in and be the type of guy that they're looking for. Uh, he's going to be able to, you know, have the high impact offense. Uh, he's going to be able to cut a promo. Um, and the thing is, Ultimately, there are some people that you have to, you know, script every single word for. There are some people that you have to give bullet points to. Um, AEW, we've talked about it. They are more prone to give bullet points, and he hasn't exactly prospered. So he may actually benefit from WWE's tactics of scripting every single word that comes out of their, uh, their talent's mouths. Um, I actually did also agree with you on Ethan Page. Um, I think that, uh, he's, 
he's mo- he's a monster money. Uh, honestly, I think yeah. that everything that he's doing right now is awesome. Um, so great call on that. And then um, I, I I know that it's not really anything that um, Ricochet hasn't been a good uh, a good example. But I I think that you could take somebody like a Dante Martin. Um, somebody who is extremely young and they can, they can mold him to their style and let's call it what it is. Um, they could, they could send him down to NXT and he does fall into what they're looking at doing with NXT. All right. Well, definitely mine real quick would be, uh, Sammy Guevara. I, I honestly feel that if he went to, uh, you know, WWE, particularly NXT 2.0, he'd be an instant classic star. Uh, he has everything that you would need. I mean, he does have room for improvement, obviously, but I think he would do great um, with just boosting him up. Another person that I would say is Adam Page. Uh, not to say that they're not doing good with him at AEW, in my opinion, but I do think that. He has the capability of filling a niche that we have not seen in the WWE in a long time. His whole persona of who he is, I think, would fit great in WWE. That's assuming that WWE wouldn't try to make him to be the kind of cowboy that they want him to be. Knowing them, they'd probably try and have him try to act like, you know, Randy Orton's dad or some shit. And then the last person that I would say was Jade. Jade. I think that she would actually be good in the WWE She's big. She's strong. She's not too horrible, but could actually do fairly well. And those are the three that I that I pick. Okay. She's greener than goose shit. She's awful. And the 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 thing here is that um, Paige said could basically print money and go you know straight into the WWE. So we're not talking NXT. Guevara is a wet noodle. The guy's what 125 pounds dripping wet. So <laughs> I don't know if he really. I mean, he is Ricochet in the WWE. Right, NXT, sure, whatever. But Ricochet and him would be the the competition. Uh, uh, Mustafa Ali uh, just got his ass, you know, sent home because he's uh, he wants a release. Yeah, you know, and good for him. Get the fuck out of there because you've been around too long. You don't do shit, and uh, you know that's all you see with another guy like um, you know uh, a guy like uh, you know. Sammy Guevara or, I mean, Dante Martin, it's hard to say, but you're right. You have to go to fucking um, something like NXT and, you know, he's not ready for, for WWE. But these are guys who are on mainstream AEW television. Okay. Those are still my picks. But thank you for your insight. I appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right. Let's go into... Our third count, which is from CagesideSeats.com, titled AEW's decision to create an interim TNT championship doesn't make sense. And this is how it reads. Cody Rhodes, which originally scheduled to defend the TNT championship against Sammy Guevara last weekend, January 8th, at the AEW's Battle of the Belts, but Cody was eventually pulled from the show due to COVID protocols. In the past, when a championship match was compromised under similar terms, AEW simply postponed the match. For example, John Moxley was supposed to defend the AEW World Championship against Brian Cage at Fighter Fest 2020, but the match was postponed by a week when Moxley was una- unable to appear on the original date due to COVID. 
AEW opted for an entirely different solution at Battle of the Belts. The promotion decided to create and hand out an interim TNT championship, and Cody was replaced by his brother Dustin for the match with Guevara. And then Guevara went on to win the match and is now the interim TNT champion. Now, Dustin wasn't among the top-ranked wrestlers in AEW, so his inclusion in the interim TNT championship match can certainly be questioned on that basis. But the bigger um, be questioned on that issue, but the bigger logic problem is related to the fact that Cody was not expected to miss a lot of time. He'll be back in AEW next week on Dynamite. In other words, Cody will miss no more than two weeks due to COVID protocols. The Cody Sammy title match could have simply been postponed and AEW didn't have to go down that convoluted route of creating an interim championship. All right, let's get right into it. Guys, we got five minutes to talk about this, but this Sin City Steve is your topic. I'm going to let you kick it off. What you got to say about it? So here's the thing is, uh, quite frankly, if WWE would have created this uh, kind of a fiasco, I would be ripping them to shreds as well. So because of uh, integrity, I have to do the same thing. It it blows my mind why AEW decided to do this when Cody, you said it, is going to miss two weeks of programming at the most. Um, they, you know, they ran the Battle of the Belts um, super show or, you know, um, I can't even call it a premium live event. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, I, I, there is no real term for it other than a super show. Um, and they, they booked themselves into a corner. Um, the fact that they felt that they needed to have all title matches on this show. So of course you're going to have to have this in there, but it realistically, that's the only reason that's the only reason why you make a, an interim T, uh, TNT champion. Um, the thing that is really frustrating to all of this is okay. So now he comes back two weeks later and obviously we're going to get that rematch. And what are we going to do? Are we going to do the, uh, the contrived put both belts at the top of a ladder and have the winner climb up to the top of the ladder and pull them both down. I mean, come on. I could see it if this was something that, you know, Cody was out for longer than two weeks but the fact is, it, it makes no sense. It's completely short-sighted. And, yeah, I, I can't just let that stand without bringing attention to it. Okay. Who next? I think it's just funny. The whole, the whole damn thing. I mean, you're only gone for two weeks. Why? You could just put something up on the goddamn screen that says, hey, I'm out. I'll be back in two weeks. Hell, because it's Cody Rhodes. You could just have him defend the TNT title twice in one fucking night. I don't know. I don't get it. But, hey, God bless uh, AEW for having the ability to have an interim champion. Since his Eve, I hope they don't fucking do exactly what she said and hang both of them fucking belts up there. It's, uh, it's, it's sad because, you know, I, again, for the last month, I've been slowly watching AEW. They take three steps forward, five steps back. And this is a five-step backer. I don't fucking understand it. Like, stop. stop. It's fucking 20 steps back. It's not five steps back. It's fucking all the way fucking back. Yeah. This is the stupidest thing that you could have fucking done. Now, if they were smart, this is what they'd be thinking. And that is something very interesting along these lines. Cody has always been the face who can't get over, right? What if... 
you use your uh, surroundings of what's going on, right? He tests he tests positive for COVID, right? He's got a two weeks protocol, let's say. All right, great. Cody's in for for the COVID. At the end of the two weeks, Brand has positive, quote unquote. He needs another two weeks. During that time, he can't obviously. And you know what he would be saying is the same thing that many people in this country are saying right now. I can't go to work. And this is where you make him a fucking face. Is you having Sammy can you know be the champ claiming he's the champ when Cody can't go to work. And Arn, why doesn't he go with Sammy? He sees that kid, oh wow, he's got the belt. Oh, my guy's not working, blah, blah, blah. He turns his back on Cody. And now sympathy to Cody that guys can relate to that are sitting home that aren't allowed to be going to work. It's something that you could use as a fucking tool. Use it. Use it. Don't bring out fucking David Crockett out of rap. Who the <laughs> fuck knows who David Crockett is? And you've, I mean, I could smell the goddamn old man spell from my TV. It was that fucking ridiculous. And not only did you do it once, but you did it two weeks in a row. The guy won the fucking belt. And now he has to be presented the belt again because you're rolling his old man balls out to fucking give him a belt. But they're going to end up throwing the fucking two belts up on the ladder and do the same shit you've seen. Um, and instead of doing something new and doing something that would, uh, yeah, in your childhood, Chris, oh, well, blah, blah, fucking blah. You're an old man. Get used to it. Their 18 to 9 demographic does not know who the fuck these people are. All right? It's a fact. And they're bragging about how they got the young kids. Well, what do you do when you have young kids? Roll out old people. That's the best way to keep guys interacted and fucking make new fans. Great job. I just want to take a quick moment to, to say, uh, Chris, in the chat, yes, Michaels is attacking your childhood. He's attacked all of our childhoods. He is <laughs> the childhood attacker. Welcome. <laughs> and I'll keep attacking childhoods if the fucking, it doesn't make sense. Jesus Christ. You know who's attacking your childhood? Sting, have you watched this guy wrestle? <laughs> no, because he hasn't wrestled a match for years. He walks out with a fucking baseball bat to hold himself up. Instead of a cane, he uses a goddamn bat. The best part is, is he's trying to say this shit, and he keeps going in and out with the audio. It's like his rant is too powerful for the internet. You need more bandwidth for what you're saying, bro. Because your bandwidth can't take the truth, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good shit, Michaels. Well, good stuff, guys. That is our uh, our three count. And uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. We're going to give our final thoughts and everything. By the way, we do want to know what you think of our new platform and uh, what you think of the new show Especially if you got a chance to hear wrestling talk, our three count is roughly the same. But if you got a chance to um, to listen to, to our wrestling talk, and if you got a chance to watch this three count plat uh, new platform, we want to know what you think. So feel free to um, hit us up on our social media. Also, feel free to um, 
send us an email and everything as well. All right, let's give our final thoughts. Let's kick it off with you, Simon Street. First, what would you want to tell the good people out there? We always started off with Simon Street. We do. <laughs> You're the best one to so, kick off with. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I just want to let everybody know, thank you so much. It goes without saying for you guys all supporting uh, what we do. We appreciate it. Um, just like I always say every week, week in and week out, try your best to be the best self you are and to always allow other people to be the best self they are. Uh, we're all really in this thing together at the end of the day. You know, we all come from different parts, different places, and we all want the same thing, happiness. So let's work together, not against each other. No doubt. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's go Sin City Steve. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Shout outs to our boy Chris uh, hanging out with us uh, in the chat. Yep. Um, and uh, we appreciate your feedback. But yes. everybody that's listening, watching, thank you for sharing, liking, subscribing, all the shit that you guys do. We truly appreciate it. And a special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country on lands both foreign and domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. Um, and certainly last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. All right. And Matt Michaels, how about you? Uh, once again, we got to say IP this week to Matilda the Hun from the original Glow series. Uh, she's 73 years old has now passed on to uh, the Great Ring in the Sky, where I'm sure her and Mount Fuji will be having some massive battles on uh, reliving the old glory of the globe. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for that. Everyone, thanks for, uh, for hanging out with us. We will um, see you later next week. Don't forget, you still have the Falco Fouls that you get a chance to hear every Wednesday. So please, if you haven't got a chance to listen, listen to the show. In fact, go back and listen to some of the old shows. They're timeless. It doesn't matter. Just listen to it, and um, and I'm sure you will, will enjoy it. All right? Until then, we'll see you next week. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.